0: Welcome to the Crowfall podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we talk about the drama-filled ending to the latest Dregs campaign and the Craft response, along with looking forward to the new campaign. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm feeling a little uh, dipsy-do. A little dipsy-do, huh? <laughs> just just done with the dictionary? We're just, no more no more real words? We're just doing dipsy-dos? I mean, that's a real word. Is it? <laughs> Is it?
1: <laughs> I mean, you that know. That means I... please
0: define for me. Well, us, I mean,
1: there's a lot of different uh, ways you could define that. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, it could be uh, confusion, right? Okay. It could be doing a little misdirection. Okay. It could be that uh,
0: basketball uh, exercise or whatever. It's <laughs> called a karaoke. It's not a dipsy duel <laughs> You just made that up. <laughs> So ridiculous, anyway. <laughs> okay, so Dipsy, do it sounds like it surrounds confusion, whether you are confused or causing the confusion. Is that is that correct?
1: Well, yeah, I mean that's part of it. Also, kind of moving around nimbly. It, it seems like the, there's some polarizing ideas with uh, the way the Dregs ended, and having to orchestrate the diplomatic conversations you know on alliances and for the new dregs that definitely came up a lot you know and,
0: yeah. yeah well so we'll, we'll we'll just dive into it so I'm actually gonna start by actually calling me out mm. so <laughs> last week when we recorded I had been looking at the individual guild scoring conquest points uh-huh. not the Alliance scores and the guild scores were pretty close it turns out (laughs) those those are not representative of the actual alliance scores however Mm -hmm. so i made a throwaway comment in our last episode where i talked about how it was the end of the dregs but it was like pretty close between first and second and third and fourth and fifth were all pretty close and then at one point saw the number two guild overtake the number one guild and was like wow like it you know it's happening and None of that was real. Um, <laughs> none of that was real. Well, it was real, but it was just completely wrong about what it represented. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, turns- I, I didn't correct you either. Um, right. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fair for you to believe that I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which we now know, you know, whew, take a grain of salt with that. Yeah. It turns out that the conquest points were there was a huge divide between first and second and a huge divide between second and third. And then, I mean, Beyond 3rd was almost non-existent as far as how big the gap was. So it was definitely well settled. (laughs) Last (laughs) week when we released our episode, there was no chance that anything was going to really change, we thought. And, And then, yeah, to what you referred to. So basically, there was some shenanigans at the end where... The lead guild of the second place alliance got a bunch of trial accounts to boost their membership above the cap which then forced the the lead guild out of the alliance but didn't disband the alliance because otherwise if the lead guild leaves it just disbands the whole alliance is that accurate from your understanding well
1: uh, well yeah we'll start with the mechanic So if you have an alliance, several guilds in the alliance, whoever made the alliance is the lead guild. If that alliance goes over the member cap, it automatically ejects the leading guild. Well, the guild that made the alliance, right? Which I I don't really understand that mechanic. It seems strange to me because any guild in that alliance could add members at any time, whether it's recruiting or whatever. And if they're not aware of where they're at in the limit, I mean, things could happen. I mean, you could eject that guild at any... It doesn't have to be their choice to do it. It could just happen. And I, I don't even know if it, if they were trial accounts. I don't know that many details. That's what people were saying?
0: I mean, yeah, looking at the... I've been reading on the forums a bit today, and it, it looks like it's not exclusively trial accounts, but there are some, certainly. Yeah, um, that were trial accounts, which uh, to me the trial accounts detail of it is actually somewhat irrelevant. Maybe maybe it's not entirely because maybe because of the existence of trial accounts, that enables people to then much more easily create this, when really the issue is that because the, the lead guild, the Big Shield, as they call it, the Big Shield can't leave without disbanding the Alliance, which... Mm-hmm. I guess, is an intended mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so this is just a way to circumvent that. And using the trial accounts makes it easier to circumvent that. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, if, if you had a, a gaming group, you know, you have your Discord group or whatever. And you're like, hey, it's the last week of Dregs. We could use some help. Come try the game or whatever. And maybe you just have an influx of trial accounts that they weren't necessarily done illegitimately
0: right I mean yeah I think that's fair um, so anyway so I, I guess it's so yeah so that's that's the mechanics of, of what happened and then did you have some other element that you wanted to explain that I, after what I had said trying to explain the situation
1: I mean yeah so basically the the lead guild gets ejected from the Alliance ownership of the Alliance transfers and the Alliance is able to take second place the lead guild that got ejected is able to take third place.
0: Because basically the second place alliance had enough points without the lead guild to maintain second, and the Mm -hmm. the lead guild that left had enough points to take third on their own. Is that right?
1: Right, right. And that's been happening since, you know, since Dreg started alliances, removing guilds or what have you to, try and get the most rewards for everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of discussion on the forums uh, about what people think possible solutions are. What are your thoughts on how you think it should go? I mean it's a, it's a tough
1: one. I well first of all I don't understand the, the guild getting ejected for going over the limit. I don't know if there needs to be just a complete cap or you're just not like adding people like you just can't, so you you can't go over the cap or, but I I don't really know what the solution would be. That would be good.
0: Yeah. I I mean, that's a fair point. I don't know why you can't just, it's just like you can't add anyone else unless you, unless your Alliance has a reduced population or you leave the Alliance. Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, like I mean why why could you potentially go over the limit and then there's the consequence you just
0: cap it and you just can't add anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I I mean the only thing I can think is yeah, I, I have no idea a technical reason and I have no idea how hard that would be to overcome. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. So I, I wanna I wanna provide the art craft response to this, which there's two parts to. Okay. So so this all happened, this all went down on Sunday, right? The last day of the dregs. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday afternoon, Tiggs, the community manager, says the following. We understand it can be upsetting to have significant changes in conquest standings at the end of the campaign. However, the actions that were taken to disband and reform alliances at the end of Friendia, which is the most recent dregs are not considered an exploit and were use of the alliance scoring mechanics clarified here. And then she provides a link to that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The intent of these mechanics are to ensure that guilds that are part of an alliance are appropriately rewarded for their efforts throughout the campaign. Specifically, we want to ensure that disbanding or otherwise manipulating an alliance doesn't remove the conquest that individual guilds in the alliance have earned. Manipulating alliance membership to maximize the conquest rewards granted at the end of the campaign is an unintended consequence of this, but it would be difficult to prevent this behavior without preventing any alliance changes near the end of the campaign, which in turn has its own problems. We'll be evaluating this design, but would love to have your feedback on how this can be approved moving forward. Please keep this strictly to feedback; all other posts removed. So then, there's two pages of of that of people mm-hmm. suggesting things, and then on Tuesday afternoon in the middle of all these posts, which it's it's interesting to me. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they should, the TIGS post should be at the front again. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. this update is a a shift in stance from that first post. But -hmm. if you didn't scroll through the second page or third, whatever it will be, you just wouldn't have seen it. You know what I mean? So anyway. Mm -hmm. So on Tuesday afternoon, she posts... We've evaluated the ending of the Friendia campaign and have been reviewing all of the feedback provided to us from Discord and our forums. After reviewing the different scenarios, we have revised our stance and have determined that the use of the free trial accounts at the end of the campaign is considered an exploit and changed the outcome. Moving forward, if anyone is found doing this in future campaigns, they'll be removed and actioned. As a reminder, please review the rules of conduct and terms and conditions while accessing the Crowfall service. Players that have been found breaking these rules can lead to a suspension of account access to the offending and linked accounts. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your patience, and we're sorry for the frustrations. Moving forward, they'll still be looking at feedback and discussing ways internally to prevent this from happening again. Mm-hmm. One proposed solution they have is prevent manual join, joining, leaving, or kicking in the alliance UI during the fall and winter seasons of the campaign. So basically mm-hmm. locking alliances at the end. Okay. Or if a guild is removed from an alliance, a percentage of their conquest points are removed. We are evaluating if this would only be from be from being removed from the alliance due to exceeding the alliance cap, or if this penalty would only be applied if this occurs during fall or winter. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So they started by saying, "Hey, this is you know maybe not exactly what we had in mind, but it it didn't break any rules, and we're okay with it." Mm-hmm. And now have shifted to we're not okay with it, but it sounds like specifically because of the trial accounts is the part of it that they're calling exploitive. And then the rest of it, they're looking to try and disincentivize or just block Alliance changes from happening. Yeah. I mean, like we said earlier, I
1: don't think trial accounts is part of that because I mean, if there was a large push of population or people wanting to try the game if they want to join an established guild that's their you know that's up to them and whether that happens at the end of a dregs i mean it is what it is i i just i don't see how tr- using a trial account
0: makes that an exploit. Yeah, I so I, I would I would actually tend to agree. I don't know. So to me, the, the nuances of of the trial account or whatever, like, I don't know how much I care about that. Mm-hmm. To me, though, the the fundamental issue is that you have a campaign that's 30 days, especially in this last campaign, because it was basically three major alliances holding most of the, the keeps, if not all. It was a really, really demanding seed schedule, I think, for everyone that played, regardless of which alliance you were in. That's true, yes. And so it's it's a lot of time spent. It's a lot of a lot of chatting, a lot of farming, a lot of whatever. And to have the results of that manipulated at the very end, by something that has nothing to do with taking keeps anymore, right? Uh-huh. That has to do with manipulating the scoreboard effectively. It's just not fun. Mm-hmm. So regardless of like level of exploitation or whatever, I, I do concede and I do agree that that's, that's like, it's a throne war game, but that's not the, that's not the war part anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It, all of it so in the fact that it's been happening since this came, since dregs has been going on maybe not to this level I guess or it didn't happen in this way where people were so upset by it but mm-hmm. this is something that should have been solved a long time ago it's ridiculous that that gaming the alliance scoring system at the end is part of the game because that has if you're not one of the leaders you don't get to contribute in that you know what I mean like as a regular player mm-hmm. You're no longer participating in in that part of the game. And it's it's deciding the whole rewards outcome, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're not playing the math game at the end and trying to figure out what you can do, then you're kind of just at a disadvantage
0: because most alliances are trying to make those moves. Right. And that's what I mean is like, that's not, I don't know to me that that's not on the back of the box, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, come and fight for keeps for four week stretches and join guilds and join alliances and band together and, you know, win. But on the last day, people are going to leave the groups that they're in and join different groups to create a point advantage that is insurmountable in that last day. And then that's, that's just what it is. Like that's pretty dumb.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not something that we've ever participated in actively, mostly because I just don't care to do the math and, and try and figure out what would be best because we've we've been in alliances and not necessarily heading our own. So then that you, know, you have to discuss it with all the, the guilds in there, like what's best for us. Should we leave? I kind of want to leave, you know see if we can get more rewards it's like I, I just don't care like right we're gonna get we're gonna get the rewards we're doing great I mean whatever um, yeah well
0: and I mean you know the, as we talk about over and over again the, the, the reward structure so I've seen that I've seen that as a suggestion some people say there should just be no rewards the leaderboard in Dreg should be just that a score and you get bragging rights, and that's it. That's what you get. Or maybe, you know, maybe you get a cosmetic or something, right? But there is no actual reward like that. And then that would disincentivize it, maybe, because now who cares as much? But I, I disagree with that as well, because I think the fact that there is a game to play and a, you know, something to win keeps people engaged throughout it you know i mean it's it's what i talked about last week when i thought the, the conquest scores were closer than they are it's like it's fun if people think they have something to fight for you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, i mean
1: when when you have people running materials to upgrade a keep all day i mean it's because there's something to win there's something to gain i mean yeah they're having fun doing it but i don't know if you take away those rewards it's like it's not just getting a little bit of gold. I mean, you can potentially upgrade lots of members. I mean, the progression from the rewards is significant.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, that, that's the thing that's also, that's kind of the balance here, right? Like, so dark age of Camelot, our original love heralded as this great thing with this awesome open world PVP and these big, Keep Sieges, and, and this is in in, in some ways the A-Spiritual successor, not the, but A-Spiritual successor to that, right? Mm. With the, you know, the Sieges and the big Keep fights and all this stuff. The problem was, is that in Dark Age of Camelot, after you played for, however, I mean, we played for several years, but mm. we really only did hardcore end game PvP for maybe a year or so-ish, I don't know exactly how long. Yeah. And past a point, it's like, you just don't care anymore. Like, the keeps, because there was no end in Dark Age, right? There is no, there was no conquest rewards to have. It was just, you take keeps, and maybe you can teleport to another continent more easily if you have enough of the right things owned. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you take over what they called a relic that would give a tiny, tiny bonus to your whole faction. But it was so insignificant, it didn't matter been so past a point it's like well why do i care about taking over that keep because tomorrow or next week or whenever it's going to be taken back mm-hmm. and it's irrelevant you know right and i get that the point of the game is like well yeah but the the fun of the game is the fights right it's the moment-to-moment playing not just what the outcome means and i i agree that I, to me it's a balance i mean yes the the, the moment-to-moment fights are the majority of the fun but having something to push toward, like you said, having something to motivate you to run resources to a keep all day to try and upgrade it, it matters. And I think that having that structure in place is key to this staying engaging, because if it goes away, I think people don't care quickly. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. I mean, that was that was the, the, probably the worst part of the Camelot PvP experience was the well i mean yeah we we got this key, but then we're gonna wake up tomorrow and it's not gonna be ours anymore Mm -hmm. and on top of that it's like well there's no end to it we're not getting anything for it once you get over the thrill of getting realm points for Mm -hmm. kills
0: i guess then it's like yeah whatever (laughs) yeah no i yeah i agree i agree entirely so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad to see that they have have shifted their stance again. I don't really care about their stance on calling it an exploit or whatever. The people who want to be mad about it can be mad about that, and, and that's fine. I do think it's smart for them though to look for ways to address what can we do to minimize the you know the the shifting around at the end to try and manipulate the score because it's just not fun. It's just it's not right. like, not fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the focus of it, is, well, how do we make a better scoring system and we're not doing math at the end and having to worry about that? But yeah, I I don't think it it should go away. I don't think the rewards should go away or that anyone should be crucified for doing something that is a possibility that everyone's been doing
0: since Strike started. Right, yeah, true. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And well, and, you know, and I saw one suggestion that was like, well, maybe trial accounts just shouldn't be able to go to drags. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that's a
1: possibility. I mean, you could lock it down in some way. I mean, are they really going to be effective in drags through that trial period? I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: well, and it, again, you know, it comes back to the, in my opinion, at least, to some extent, the population problem, which is So then the answer to that is, well, then if you're on a trial account, you go play in God's Reach or you go play in Shadow, except Uh there's no one there. So Mm -hmm. you don't really get to play the game in that way.
1: Yeah, because I mean, if if you had real, real life friends that were like, hey, come play the game, come try it. We've been playing it for a while. We're in drags. If you just want to come out here, you know, maybe we can throw you some disciplines or whatever, and then you can mine with Mm -hmm. us or whatever it may be. And so you could hook up a friend that way and get them into drags where they could actually do something. So restricting the trial account access, I don't know. It it seems kind of tricky in that
0: regard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's too bad our last episode was about how we (laughs) don't like drama and. Appreciated that the community went out of its way to not engage in drama often, right? Like, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, boy, I not only was I completely wrong about how the scoring was going, mm-hmm. I was also wrong about how much drama there would be. And there's infinite, it turns out.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if people want to do the drama thing, I mean, there's no shortage of it. I even, I think, said something good about the balancing changes and. Apparently, there's been a huge uproar over a lot of class changes, too. <laughs> <right>? So <laughs> I was wrong about that, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... So what was it like then? I, 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 you know, again, like we talked about last time, we try not to name names or anything because it's not the point. But there was a lot of... You know, Last Dregs was dominated again by basically three alliances, and really two that were really the most powerful did there was a lot of discussion at the end of the last campaign about mm-hmm. how alliances would be structured going into the new one. Mm-hmm. Again, without getting into specifically this group and this group are doing this, can you talk about what some of those ideas are or how some of those alliances are coming to be?
1: Yeah, I mean what's interesting is there's kind of been a what we've been calling a, a home keep agreement that's kind of been uh passed around through the community, different guild leaders and alliances and stuff. But the idea is, is that we won't make somebody homeless. And so if you were an alliance and and had one keep, that's your home keep, you could claim it as your home keep, you would then not be targeted and made homeless. I'm under... under the impression that you you could still have sieges it's just that if someone were attacking your keep then they're not just going to cap it and take it Mm because that's your that's your your last home but there's there's a lot of questions about that because one i mean how would you enforce that you get the Um, honor
0: system you can't
1: yeah i mean it's going to take some trust if someone is to violate the agreement, people who had signed on to the agreement could enforce that and make them home the person who violated the agreement. But that also takes some doing, getting everyone on the same page to do that. And it, it's not that it can't happen. That's one of the great things about Crowfall is is it has the open world, it has the dynamic politics situation where. I mean, it's whatever the players want to create. They can create it. It's just everyone has to believe in it and do it. So it could happen. I mean, this could be something. I don't necessarily want to be the head person politicking and talking to everyone and and trying to make that happen because that's a lot of doing. But, I mean, I see no reason to not participate and see what happens i mean
0: yeah i um i'm a bit i'm a bit torn i mean on the one hand i think you're right it's a player driven political system so if they want to make some rule where everyone gets one then <laughs> then okay I, you know that's that's their within their capacity
1: yeah i mean I, it, it's part of the game you could do it
0: sure so i don't think you know i don't think it's an exploit. Right. It's not it's not a trial. (laughs) It's not that Um, we know that for sure. Right. But I do think that it's and I get that it comes from a place of like, look, I don't know what player counts are, but the Crowfall player base is not enormous. And Mm -hmm. things like what just happened at the end of the last Dragons campaign, unfortunately, drives people away. And even outside of that, even if that even if there is no score manipulation, people who feel like they can't play the game in the real way, aka having a keep and access to end game kind of stuff, may also be driven away. So I get that it comes from a place of like, well, how do we keep the community whole? But I also just find it incredibly laughable and really, really care in a game about Throne War, right? Like mm-hmm. Everyone's so <laughs> everyone's so tough in every every context, and then and then it gets to this, and it's like, now nah, we're gonna let everyone have have their home keep, and it's like, a it it sounds a little too kumbayaish to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: on its nose. So even if it does work, I think I'm uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is I I think there is zero chance that that holds. Because why <laughs> why why would it so?
1: yeah i mean it it would take it would take a lot of maintenance uh a lot of communication and the longer it goes, the more you're gonna have to upkeep that
0: well it's also i mean it's also it just it it undercuts what we're doing it, you know this is it it comes back to like <laughs> you know the reason that the dregs manipulation rewards manipulation sucks also is because it, it puts such a heavy it, it it puts such a heavy emphasis on getting the rewards and it's like and to your point the rewards are valuable right And mm-hmm. to my point I think that they're important to be there as something to strive for because it, it, it provides a, a goal or whatever something to, to achieve but it's like in the end if you do a bunch of stuff that gets you all the rewards or whatever
1: mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't really matter I mean yeah, you're ahead. But, like, like, the rewards are important, but at the same time, they really aren't the only thing that's important. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just... I, uh, Early on, I think it was maybe the second Dregs, maybe. <clears throat> maybe it was the third, I don't know. A few months ago, though, I went into a siege with you, and we brought a bunch of Trebs. And, like, I, I shot one of the Trebs. It was the first time I'd, I'd shot a Treb in the game and we we blew up some walls of an enemy alliance. Yeah. But that was one of the divine favor season reward tracks or whatever was to destroy enemy walls. Uh-huh. So we just blew up their walls and then we went back home. Mhm. That's not fun. Right. <laughs> That's not and, a fun way to play.
1: And it was an agreement of hey, well, let's 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 do a siege fight we we need to blow up some walls anyway we need we want to practice trebs and then we'll fight out in the field and whatever we didn't necessarily have enough people to take the keep but allowing us to give us time to set up the siege and treb the walls and and knock it down rather than them just coming out and steamrolling us, and then we didn't get to really practice the siege at all Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it was kind of like an outnumbered thing, but we still wanted to do the siege fight. Mm -hmm. So it it wouldn't have been fun for them to just roll us right when we got there on the hill either, right?
0: I mean... (laughs) I guess. I mean, it's kind of like, hey, let's all go play basketball, but... If you're over six foot tall, no shots inside the paint, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not yes. fun for the people that are five ten. And it's like, yeah, well, what are we even doing anymore? You know what I mean? Like, should we all just go get a coffee and and spend time together? Like, what are <laughs> we? What are we really trying to get done here? Because past a point, it's like. Well, let's just all go play wow together and just form a giant raid guild. It's just the Crowfall raid guild, you know, and we'll, and we can all play together and no one loses anything and everyone's happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and again, I'm being hyperbolic and and you know, it's not that's not what's being proposed, but I don't know. I don't know. It just well, it just seems I awfully carefree.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong. I think there's also another side to it where they're trying to solve a problem and spread out the power base so we don't have just three big alliances mm-hmm. at the top. Because, really, like you said earlier, the siege schedule was crazy hectic, right? Being in a bigger alliance, I mean, sieges multiple times a day, offensive
0: and seven defense. days a week, right?
1: Yeah, and it's just not sustainable, no. right? So if you spread out the player or the power base more people own keeps there's smaller alliances you have a a more dynamic map more factions also your siege schedule is a lot lighter that's one thing that's kind of where i was getting at with the whole scheduling thing because i don't think i don't think it's bad but at the same time hands a handshake siege type setup Where the timer would even have to be initiated or started. Someone would have to decide, I am going to siege this keep and then start it. And then you would have whatever timer siege schedule would then start. So there there technically could be a situation if you played the politics in a certain way. Maybe you're not having to defend that keep every few days.
0: Yeah, but couldn't it also be that you'd have to defend it every day in that example? Where's the siege schedule now? If you just have a single keep, it's like, what, twice a week it's defensible? That's uh, true.
1: I mean, it, it could go the other way around. I mean, like the whole server just decides that we're going to siege your keep every day. But when the timer starts, I mean, maybe that's when it gives you the two or three day window to pick a time and have that siege, right? I mean... The timer is is going to extend it, so it's not going to be like they can just stack it every every hour or something. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't even know if that's a good solution. But having such a heavy siege schedule again is not sustainable for a, a group of people. It really just leads to burnout. And Toward the end of Dregs, people were doing these sieges like. i I was pretty light on the siege schedule even though we had events all all the time but that doesn't work if you're trying to win like you can't have everybody doing that
0: yeah i mean i i still i mean i guess i guess what i would say is that so if the fundamental problem that we're really trying to solve is we want the power base to be more spread we want siege schedules we want more factions at play, which I have advocated for all along as well. Yeah. I think that to me, I don't like that the answer to that comes from a group of players makes a decision that they're going to have an arbitrary rule about home keeps. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't play by that rule, then you're a bad actor, right? Cause you're breaking the rules or you're, you're going against the will of whatever. And it's like, If this is truly the problem then don't we just need smaller alliance limits because doesn't that just solve the problem and then we don't have to worry about who's a bad actor like who's (laughs) who's a mean person and who's a good guy like isn't it instead just look you can't have more than a hundred so right you know and that's and i guess that's my point is i would rather see this the solution from this come from Artcraft than through some non-enforceable mechanism in the community. Because ultimately what will happen is if the community is the one that tries to dictate it, even if it works for one campaign, eventually it's not going to work. And then what will happen is you're going to have more fracturing and more drama because someone betrayed someone. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, but the game is supposed to be that we're fighting. (laughs) So again, (laughs) you shouldn't be labeled the betrayer because you took a keep. Just because it was their home keep or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and also, it, it, you have the choice of of whether to sign the agreement and go with it or just not. So, it's not like it, it's just a blanket agreement; everyone has to follow this. I mean, but I mean, what if what if you are a guild that doesn't have a keep? And maybe you're just not even aware. And you're like, we're just going to go siege this keep and take it. And it's somebody's home keep. And (laughs) right, you you can't do that. You have
0: seven other guilds that all attack you now. Because because (laughs) you, even though they're not all allies, they are in this weird home base rule. And so now they all agree to gank you into oblivion because you broke the agreement that you didn't agree to. I don't know. Right. Again, Could you then
1: assign the agreement after you take their keep and declare it your home keep? <laughs> just limit Alliance sizes. It just <laughs> solve so much of this. It just, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, the company has to do that, I guess, you
0: know? Yeah. Which I know we've also talked about their challenges with that. I mean, the, just the, you know, the consistency of having people online, the amount of resources it takes to upgrade keeps and maintain everything can be difficult to do with smaller numbers. And so there's a risk in, in limiting Alliance sizes, but I don't know. It, it just seems like it would be the way to, to easily litigate this and it, and make it a non-issue so that there is no, Oh my God, the, the 500 guild alliances our 500 member alliances are dominating again. And it's like, well, they just don't exist now. So,
1: yes. And you know, it's a trial and trial and error. I mean, I would hope that there is a better way and that we're moving towards a better way. We're just trying to figure out what that is.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, as we say every time, it's it's better today than it was in July, right? And it's it's better than it was in August. <laughs> it's better than it was in September. I mean, really, though, it's continued to improve month over month. They've continued to make adjustments. I, you know, we mentioned it last week, but the the fact that they made the wildland zone, which is the zone that has tier nine and 10 resources in it, Mm-hmm. that they made that smaller and they limited the group size so you could only have 12 players from the same alliance in those zones now. Yeah.
1: Um, that That is actually really interesting. We did a fort fight in one of those zones and it was 12 on 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that was cool. I mean, and, and there was like a little bit added added pressure to it because it's like, well, if you're not part of that 12 and on the same page, and at least all trying to actively defend that for it, if someone else in their 12 are doing it, I mean, you could be at a huge disadvantage. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, a small scale
0: and making it meaningful. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover this week? I'll do it. Well, that's all for the show today. Be sure and follow us at Twitter and Minds at crowfallpod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a podcast about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Stay up.